Welcome to the Catholic Brides Podcast. My name is Anne, and I would like to welcome you to my show. On this podcast, we will be talking about what it means to be a Catholic bride, how to prepare for marriage, and how to walk with your spouse towards heaven. I'm excited that you're here, and I invite you to grab your favorite drink, settle in, and let's have a heart-to-heart about what it means to be a Catholic bride in today's world. everybody and welcome back to the Catholic Brides podcast. Today I'm joined by Gina Pugh. Gina and her husband Mark will be celebrating 24 years of marriage this year. She is a mother of five, convert to the church, and came into the fullness of the faith in 1997. She met her husband later in life at 26 years old. Post-graduation, she worked as an occupational therapist in Home Hearth for a public school system in Virginia. However, when she became pregnant with their third child, Gina wanted to stay home with her children. In the years that Gina was a stay-at-home mom, she and her husband started a company in 2019, Transfiguration Incorporated, and recently Gina launched a new company, Sterling Dub LLC. Welcome to the show, Gina. Thank you. I'm excited to talk to you and get to know you a little bit more today. Why don't we just start with you sharing a little bit about your story as a Catholic bride? Oh, absolutely. Um, So it's a little bit interesting in that um, I wasn't Catholic starting off and uh, went through faith formation um, because I thought I should be the same faith as my husband. I grew up in a family that um, church hopped and chopped, and that's kind of a nice way of saying that, um, you know, they kind of went anywhere Christian that felt good and eventually um, settled into a small Lutheran church. So my conversion was easy coming into the Catholic faith, but um, my husband had converted to the Catholic faith the year before, came into the church, the fullness of the faith. He wasn't baptized, um, total pagan. <laughs> and he came into the fullness of the faith um, a year before we were, um, yeah, a year before we we met. And that's how I came into the church through, through his conversion. That's beautiful. So was there anything in particular that drew you to the faith when you were converting? To be honest with you, I had Catholic friends um, and growing up with them, they were just people who did everything else that everybody else did. Um, Don't know if that was a good thing, but to be honest with you, I did go to church with them when I spent the night at girlfriend's houses in high school. Um, I dated Catholic boys, um, went to church with them on Saturday night before we go out. So the beauty of the church, even those little seeds, um, what really brought me into it. I loved the liturgy. I loved going to church. I loved everything about the mass, um, but knew somewhere in my heart that um, I didn't have it all because I wasn't there, if that makes sense. Hmm. For sure. Um, So could we talk a little bit about how you kind of met your husband and kind of how your story has kind of developed over the years? Because I know you've been married for almost 24 years now. Um, So if we could talk just a little bit about how kind of your love story has developed over these last 24 years. Oh, absolutely. Um, So in my college years, I I didn't go to college right away. I worked a little bit out of high school, wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. So I worked a little bit and went to college one class at a time until they decided 
what um, career path I was going to take at the time, which is nothing to completely different than what I'm doing now. But it's really what was in my heart at the time. Um, I went to school for occupational therapy um, and was going to the local um, community college and um, local state college. And um, I met my husband there in a class. But before that, I had been dating a lot of different guys and just was so tired of the dating scene. So I had a prayer. I made a prayer. I just said, Lord, God, I'm, I'm tired of dating. I'm tired of all this. I'm going to focus on school. I'm going to focus on me. And um, you know what? If you want to send me something, fantastic. I'd love a friend, love a companion, but I really don't want to date. <laughs> and then I met my husband. <laughs> a couple months later, um, we met in a class, a humanities class, one of those easy A's um, called, of all things, death and dying. <laughs> but the reason why I I know it's, it's kind of funny. That's where I met my husband. God has a great sense of humor. Um, I took it because I had a girlfriend whose grandmother was passing away. Mm-hmm. She had, um, cancer and I wanted to be there and understand the death process. So that's why I took the class. Um, not, not to mention the EZA. I needed a humanities course too, but I really took that class for, to be of service to somebody else. And again, this is before I was Catholic. So serving others and having a servant's heart was always there for me. Um, but we met in that class and, um, yeah, hit it off. And less than a year later, about a year later, we were married. So we just kind of knew we were older then too. I mean, I had went to school later and he took a long time to go to school as well. So we were 26, 27 when we met and 27, 28 when we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, shortly after our marriage, um, we were pregnant right away. So, wow. <laughs> went from me to we, to us. <laughs> like in a matter of a year. And it was an adjustment for us because we had a short, um, I guess, courtship. And I don't know if really we would consider it a courtship in those terms because we were not Catholic at the time or he was newly Catholic. So we weren't really catechized well, if that really makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but God allows things uh, the way he allows them. And, and so we were pregnant right away and had our firstborn um about 10 months 11 months after we were married which was um definitely an adjustment um but a good one because i loved you know every bit of the motherhood um and then we didn't get pregnant again for another four years not for the not because we didn't want to it's just what god allowed and didn't allow wasn't contracepting we were catholic at that point did want to do nfp and we did follow the the um structure of that which was fantastic and and allowed me to be um, free of any type of, um, I guess, outside, um, obstructions or anything like that, you know, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, we, and then after the firstborn was there, uh, we, I graduated college, my husband finished college, um, his job took him traveling. So, um, eventually we moved, um, to Virginia where we uh, reside now. We thought, um, we would stay here for a short while and then go back home, but we just love the weather and love the people and we have an awesome diocese, so we can't beat that. And this is where we've stayed to raise our children. Um, I had been working as an occupational therapist when we moved here for about two, three years and um, had another child um, just shortly after we moved here and then had another child um, after a couple of years of working as a therapist and um, having three children and trying to work full time um, even part-time just wasn't worth putting my kids in childcare or paying for somebody to come and um, 
watch my kids for me. I, we didn't have family in the area, so that was a struggle. Mm. Um, and that's why I decided to come home and we kind of just talked about it and felt that his income was going to be enough. My income was nice to have. Um, it definitely made life easier, um, but decided that easy wasn't the best route. Sometimes the path is the better path. Um, and that's the path that we took. We struggled for, you know, I want to say struggled, but we made ends meet um, for several years. And then, um, oh, I would say about 10, maybe a little over 10 years ago, my husband decided to go from being a salaried employee to a contractor. And so he started his own company, made me the primary person of the business, the owning 51% and he owns 50%. Um, and I took care of everything on the back end um, of the company and he worked and we added a couple people and that's how that grew for the last 10 years. And uh, since, and then growing our family a little bit more in between that, between this and the last 10 years, we had two more children, um, in total of five. Um, so I was able in the, in the time that we had our first company, um, or that we still have um, work from home. Um, and he really brought in all the income. It was just a way to bring in the income and um, have me have a source of income as well and uh, finance or do our uh, work with our company um, that way. Um, we have accounting, we have all sorts of HR outsourced. So, so everything is quote unquote a company and the intention was to grow it. Um, but it really didn't get very big. And again, it's not from the lack of trying, it's just God's will. Um, and we accepted it as that and it provided well for us. So you can't complain there. And going back to the family again, five kids working. From, uh, we had our first son um, go to Catholic school. Our second son went to um, kindergarten Catholic school. The third child was going to go to Catholic school. And the cost um, at that time was prohibited. So then we decided to, to homeschool. And the homeschool journey um, took us that we homeschooled our oldest um, for a few years, and then he went back into um, a Catholic environment, and then um, our other kids um, remained home uh, through middle school. Um, and uh, when our youngest became of age, um, he, well, our, our daughters wanted to go into middle school, so we decided to go ahead and send them to Catholic school. Um, and uh, let's see. So we had people in Catholic school and middle school, and then they went to Catholic high school for a little bit. Um, youngest went to into the classroom Catholic school, um, and that's kind of where we went with everybody. Our oldest is now married, um, graduated from college. Uh, we have one graduated from high school. We have a daughter who, well, everybody came home from COVID, right? And then. Um, we have a daughter who um, will be staying home for her senior year and um, doing part-time school and and um, working and finding herself. Uh, and then another daughter will be going back into the classroom and a, a son who will be um, entering high school as well. So that's it's kind of it in a nutshell. It's kind of crazy um, fast forwarding all that. <laughs> for sure. Um, so when your husband was starting his own business was that a hard transition because i know that like starting a business is kind of a trust exercise because you don't necessarily know how well the business is going to do um, and i'm assuming there had to be some sort of a transition period between 
his steady income and then transitioning over to working full-time on the business. Right, exactly. And that was um, a huge leap of faith. It was so it, hard. It was very hard for me. Um, but um, we knew that we had, um, well, I guess we had a, an accountant at the time that kind of let us know how things would go. So instead of drawing a regular paycheck from an employer, he had to invoice. Um, and so there was a period of time where we had like six weeks without pay, but you know, we made ends meet and we ate down the refrigerator and freezer um, and made it work. And the transition kind of was a little less painful than I thought it was. Um, I think prayer had a lot to do with that. I mean, there's still a little bit of hesitancy and anxiety with that, but um, you know, with, with God's help and grace, we got through that little period of, of roughness or uncertainty and um, tried to lean on you know, uh, the church and uh, prayer a little bit more during that time. So yeah, that was, it was a difficult and um, scary moment. But again, um, I think prayer really drew us both, both into um, a mindset of like, okay, this is what we're called to do. This is how it needs to happen. It's going to get rough, but we can handle it. We can do this together. And that was the mindset that we had going forward um, with that business. Um, and again, he's just stopped drawing a paycheck from a regular um, employer and we transitioned to him invoicing um, his um, amount and just to get paid, it's usually 45 days. But if you're um, just a one person or a small business, you might be able to negotiate like 30 days net versus uh, 45 days is typical. Mm -hmm. um, and then at that time, um, and this was 2009, um, so, changes were happening in healthcare. And so that was a little scary going, um, you know, from an employer based um, healthcare to finding one on our own. Um, but um, I guess the changes hadn't fully, hadn't really been realized yet. It was just talk. Um, so our plan that we have currently um, is grandfathered in. So, and, and I know that, that you just can't get something like that anymore. Um, but over the years, um, it served us well. And, and so having healthcare for your family, paying that um, basically as your own business, you're paying not only the employer side, but the um, personal side as well. So it's, it's a lot more. So whatever you pay as an uh, employee, probably double or triple that. And, you know, whatever you're not paying your, your uh, employer is and consider that a perk. So it's, a, it's, it was an interesting leap, that change. Um, but it, again, like I said, it was prayer, really, that got us through. And um, togetherness, us being of one mindset and trying to move forward, um, that's probably the, the the thing that got us through. And But it was rough. I mean, <laughs> like I said, we ate, we ate down the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So you guys have been married for almost 24 years now. Is there something or things in your marriage that we could talk about that you've learned within your time being married that you would like to share with other women? Um, absolutely. Um, I think as a young bride, um, you know, I was pretty naive about marriage. I was really happy and go lucky and um, the changes and people grow. You, you have to really grow together or um, and, and know that you're two individuals and that's really important to but to also seek things that are, are together. I think one thing early on in our marriage, um, we know a lot of people, unfortunately, that didn't make it, um, that we knew at our age that, you know, were married around the same time that did not make it. Um, 
and um, that's unfortunate. But I think the biggest thing is, is that we went and we sought um, outside help. Um, we went from, you know, me to we to us in a matter of a year. So it's been quite an adjustment, especially if you get pregnant right out the bat, um, how to adjust to being a full-fledged family and, and also um, meeting each other's needs and um, taking care of yourself too, um, praying for your spouse um, and things like that. So it, I think um, the biggest part of advice I would say, no matter what, have a non-negotiable day. Have a date night. It can be. It doesn't have to be a date night out. It doesn't have to be something that costs anything. Um, it could be just hanging out on the back porch, sipping some wine, um, you know, watching a TV, a movie together, or um, just you know, being in the presence of each other. Um, those are all you know, nice. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a full of um, talking. Um, sometimes just hanging out and just being near each other is nice because if you have a busy day with kids or if you're out working all day, sometimes you just wanna hang out and it just feels good to be with your significant other, your spouse um, in that kind of way, just being with each other. Um, so yeah, having a date night or a non-negotiable, that means what, what that really means, non-negotiable means that <laughs> if the ladies call you and say, hey, can we go out this day? And you've already penciled in the non-negotiable, it's non-negotiable, the ladies, sorry ladies, this has to be another night I have a meeting with my man. <laughs> And the same thing for him. If he gets called, hey, hey, I got tickets to this awesome, you know, whatever, baseball, softball, whatever, or, you know, football or whatever game or tickets to this, that or another thing, he's got to say no too, um, because really you two are a priority. You know, your marriage, your relationship is, you know, God first, then each other, and then, you know, children and the rest of the world. For sure. I really like that. Um, how you said to make sure that this is non-negotiable, because really it is non-negotiable to make sure that, you have time for your marriage because your marriage is going to last the rest of your life, regardless of what else happens. Like you're going to be together and making sure that that's a non-negotiable, I think is really important. It helps too when um, you have the non-negotiable, whether it be monthly or um, weekly or however you make it, but have a day during them at least monthly um, to have some time together that's just you. Um, and it could be, you know, if you have littles, maybe the littles, it's after the littles go to bed, or maybe it's a little bit earlier. You get, I'm, I was not a morning person for the longest time. Um, I liked when my littles slept in and I got to sleep in and wake up naturally. That was awesome. But um, when I got older, getting up with my husband was important because then he felt that I was making him a priority, our time together. It was when he got up, I was making an effort for him and it made him feel loved. So that's really important too, is that as a as a wife to find things that we can do actionably um, for our husbands to make them feel good about themselves. So whatever their love language is, it's, it's kind of one of those things you gotta figure out um, and make it a point to do that, If it's especially when it's not yours. So for example, acts of service is huge. It's always been part of me. It's easy, it's my charism. Didn't know it, but now I do. Um, I didn't know what it was until I became Catholic, right? I didn't have a name for it. Um, but in his is words of affirmations. He needs to be prepped up. I mean, he's out there in the world all day dealing with people and um, who may not be in the same mindset. And so to help him ground himself and remind him who he is, you know, as, and, and how much I love him is really important to show him in his own special way. It does take effort on my part because I'm not one who um, 
you know, makes it a point to say, hey, you look awesome today or Ooh, look at you or, you know, I just not one of those things or, hey, you know, thank you very much for, you know, going to work today. Thank you for um, you know setting the table. Thank you for cutting the grass, you know, whatever it is, making sure I let him know that what he does is important to me as well. It may be just little things around the house. It may be things that, you know, maybe we take it for granted. He takes out the garbage and you do the dishes. Who knows what, you know, what things that you fall into naturally. Um, but I'm thankful that he does those things. Um, to be quite honest with you, um, when we had children, especially when the babies were little, um, I couldn't take it when they got sick. So, and he didn't like changing diapers. So we kind of made it a thing. <laughs> when the kids got sick, he took care of them. When somebody had a stinky diaper, I took care of them. And I was okay with that. It's just naturally what we did, complimentary to each other. Um, and of course, when the other person wasn't around and you had to step up the plate, God gave you that grace. <laughs> but for the most part, um, we had little things that we would do. Um, you know, he had things that he was good at or he liked to do. I had things that I was good at. I like to do. We compliment each other in that way. That's beautiful. I really like how you highlighted finding those things that complement each other and like focusing on, I think focusing on what you're good at and using each other to complement, like not to complement the negative space, but to complement the things that you're not necessarily as good at. I think it's just such a beautiful testament to marriage and how marriage like is supposed to work because we're supposed to be complementing each other. We're supposed to be able to work together and accomplish things and the beauty of being able to do things that complement each other, I think is super important. Absolutely. And I think that also knowing that there's not just one set way of doing things. Mm -hmm. um, I may not change the diaper. I may, I may, since I changed them more, you know, when I went with the kids, um, since I was home with them all the time, I could do it more efficiently, um, use certain whatever, whatever my system was. Um, but when he took over, I let him do it however way he wanted to do it. And if he asked me, hey, can you help? <laughs> then I absolutely would step in. But, um, you know, I didn't want to, you know, stifle his initiative or make him feel inferior because he didn't do it my way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's just, there's same thing with cooking. Not everybody cooks the same way. You know, you have different techniques and this, that. Um, so really making sure that not only are you complimentary, but, you know, when you do things that are, you know, a task, but they do it differently, whether I do it my way or he does it his way, it doesn't matter because it's getting done. <laughs> For sure. I really, really like that a lot. And just how you highlighted that they have it, he has it your way or he has it his way and you have it your way and that's okay. And not to try to like fix it because it doesn't need to be fixed. They can, people can do things in different ways and still accomplish things to get things done. And if they ask for help, obviously you're going to help them, but allowing them to do like allowing your husband to just do it his way. I think it takes some humility sometimes too, because especially if they're not doing it the way you think you should, or they should, or if they're not doing it the way that you think they should, um, it can yeah. be difficult. <laughs> yeah, it, it, absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to sit there and go, mm, okay, I'll wait. And even if it isn't done perfectly, but it's done, I mean, a compliment to saying, Hey, you did a really great job. Thank you very much for helping out. Um, and just letting it be because over time, you know, he'll grow and you'll grow. Um, and having that humility in the marriage, um, to let that happen is really important. Um, and just, you know, being complimentary in any way, shape, and, you know, any way you can, um, 
because what you give, you're going to get back too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's very important. Um, now there may be times where that doesn't happen. And, um, you know, of course, no marriage is perfect. And everybody goes through these um, times where, you know, whatever trials uh, befell you, um, you know, God allows us some for whatever reason of growth. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, would think that um, during these times that we, you know, go to prayer. Um, my go-to was always the Blessed Virgin, um, always Our Lady of Grace, um, Our Lady of Good Counsel, Our Lady of Good Hope, <laughs> Our Lady, period, end of story. Um, the rosary is very um, important to me, and um, praying it daily has become sometimes, well, now that I'm older, I pray it a lot more than that, but in lots of reasons, of course, as you have children, you um, and as they grow, you pray for, you know, different reasons for them as well. Um, but really for your spouse when he's having troubles, um, maybe at work with coworkers, um, perhaps maybe he's out of sorts with friends or neighbors. Um, but taking it to prayer for him on his behalf and interceding for him is extremely important. Um, I know that from my own personal experience that I've seen my husband grow um, in in the last year, it's blossomed where he's praying daily for our kids. Um, each one, um, he prays a novena for one child and he has his alarm on his wrist and he prays um, every hour on the hour for nine hours for one particular person in our family every single day. So he prays for somebody every single day specifically um, for their future, for their future spouse, maybe for older son, for his marriage, whatever. But it didn't happen right away. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And it took a lot of um, silent, um, how is it, St. Francis of Assisi says, um, pray always use words when necessary. <laughs> so really by, by being an example as a wife of um, having my rosary beads out, inviting him to prayer, um, especially when he's having a tough time, or just praying in secret or, you know, in my own sacred space uh, for him to help him through those things. And God will, will move mountains. It's it's. Yeah, I can't say any more about prayer than, you know, it's probably over, you can't overdo prayer. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> For sure. Um, right before we started recording this episode, you were sharing with me some um, books that you found helpful or that you wanted to recommend. Um, could you mention what those are briefly? Oh, sure. Um, well, actually, um, Dan and Stephanie Burke um, are a couple that um, do a lot about marriage and spirituality of marriage. Um, and they've worked with Father Timothy Gallagher as well. But Dan and Stephanie Burke can be found on a uh, podcast um, that is called Divine Intimacy, Divine Intimacy Radio. Um, they are also found on EWTN. Dan used to be a, um, I guess, he used to work at EWTN, but now his ministry has kind of gone full blown and they focus on marriage and couples and they do retreats and things like that. I would highly recommend if you could go as a couple, once you're married, you know, maybe a renewal of vows or something like that. They usually typically have re retreats over there at the monastery at Our Lady of Angels. Fantastic, wonderful place to be. So anything by Dan and Stephanie Burke, I highly recommend and uh, checking them out. Um, they go deeper into marriage. Now they've been married many years. They've been through many things and their life story is very different. They're not, you know, um, so I'll leave that up to your audience to check them out and find out a little bit more about them, but they're a fantastic couple. And then um, I had mentioned Father Timothy Gallagher. He has an, um, 
a really great book for um, the discernment of spirits and marriage. So it's based on St. Ignatius of Loyola's um, works. And um, I highly recommend that. It's it's probably one of those things that's, gosh, I wish I had that earlier in my marriage. Um, then I probably would have understood how to um, go through some of the things that happen and understand the workings of the Holy Spirit and um, also the spiritual enemy um, and how he wants to destroy uh, marriages and, and families and things like that. So that Father to anything, well, Father Timothy Gallagher, again, Discernment of Spirits and Marriage, fantastic book. Um, he also has a podcast, so go there as well. Um, and anything by Dan and Stephanie Burke. They have many books on marriage and spirituality and marriage. They're Carmelite by nature. I think that's their charism. Um, but even if you're not Carmelite, um, that they're a fantastic couple to, to listen to. They're very, very deep in their um, information that they give about marriage. And for our listeners, I'll link some links in the description of this podcast so that you can check those out. Um, thank you, Gina. One final question I had for you that I ask to all of my guests that come on the show is what is your favorite Bible verse or passage and why? Um, yeah, so my favorite passage um, is Luke 9. Um, I say to you, ask and it will be given, seek and you will find, and knock and the door will be open to you um, because that's what I did. Um, I was done dating and I let go of the, I was going to find, I was going to find this guy or whatever. And, um, I asked the Lord to just provide and, um, I trusted in it. So really that's my favorite Luke nine. So I say to you, asking you, and it will be given to you seeking, you will find and knock on the door will be open to you. So prayer. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Dina, for coming on the show today. If people want to find you online, where can they best do that? Oh, goodness. Um, I, well, I, I, you mentioned earlier that I had a new, um, started a new company. It's, it's a small uh, boutique style jewelry. Um, it's called Sterling Dove um, Boutique on Instagram and Facebook or sterlingdove.com is the actual um, website. It's very small. It's just brand new, just dabbling in um, another type of business, something that's always been passionate in my heart. So again, sterlingdub.com, or you can find me on Instagram or um, Facebook at sterlingdubboutique. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Gina. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you everybody for tuning in and I will see you again on the next episode. God bless you. listening to the Catholic Brides podcast. If you enjoyed this content, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. If you would like to get in touch with me, I invite you to either message me on Instagram or send me an email at catholicbrides at gmail.com. I look forward to having you join me again, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you so much and have a wonderful and blessed day.